0: By the time you hear this podcast maybe you will become a gigolo yourself.
1: I'm a jiggalo spinning lots of dough you can tell the wide body sitting on foes uh-huh. how I'm shining with the fresh fresh clothes uh-huh. always surrounded by so many I'm a jiggalo. always on the go uh-huh. every time I turn around I got another show uh-huh. lead a club with about three in a row uh-huh. jump in the six cause I love it shorty I only got one night in town tell me baby are you down bushes we won't weed around bushes we just be a map. feeling your mosquito blouse seven jeans black and Lebanese head to a knees please if you ever need a bachelor from just rock to the Got you in bed with me, I thought you would never leave wanna name me like A-Marie You know the chain freeze, wrist be the same to grease Tryna get little mommy in a thangaree Only getting it for free if you came with me Cause I'm a grown man, I'd be 2K If I need a girlfriend, it won't be today Nah, I'm not tryna be your man Pit bones in my body Rock them body they Rock them like la da da Me and Kale's on the cottage Wanna see you drop it, shout it Ooh-wee all
0: right, that's enough. That's enough, Nick Cannon heat.
2: <laughs> there is two subreddits. One called "aged like milk." One called "aged like wine." "Aged like wine," of course, are things that have aged well because wine ages well. Mm-hmm. "Aged like milk," not so much. This one kind of this aged like there. milk. Yeah. It aged it aged like milk. Oh my. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> I instantly just cracked up.
0: <laughs> Welcome to By the Time You Hear This Podcast. I'm Greg. I'm Ben. And we're back with another episode. And uh we're gonna have some fun with this one.
2: Yeah. It wasn't as long this time.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so um we want to get into uh, you if you if you're listening to this, you already see the title, um, so we want to get to that as soon as possible. So because uh, we're 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 starting pretty late here, but we're having well, we're,
2: late. It's only eight a.m. I'm kidding. <laughs> it's whatever time you want it to be.
0: But oh, uh, we're gonna have some have some fun with this. Let's uh, let's look at the charts really quick. I think we have a new number one. And it is the Sayso Remix on the Hot 100. Say So Remix Doja Cat featuring Nicki Minaj. Woo-woo. Produced by Dr. Luke. Under his new name, which... Oh, yeah. What's his new name?
2: Let's see. I don't remember. It's something that doesn't sound like Dr. Luke at all because he's trying to fool us. Uh... Tyson tracks, yeah. Tyson tracks. He, yeah, he that's, really tried, yeah. it,
0: man. He really tried. That's it. that's Doctor Luke, y'all. Uh, it, we see Lucas Goswald credited as a songwriter. Okay, yeah. we know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, number two is the Savage remix, yeah, by Megan Thee Stallion featuring Beyonce.
2: That's gonna be her second career. She's gonna be a rapper. I think yeah. she's wanted to do this forever.
0: It's dark with the Carter's album. Yeah, she's officially a rapper.
2: Yeah. She's just she's straight rapping. This is <laughs> you know, hopefully she don't lose no fans over this, but this is her second career. Now
0: on the song Ape Shit, uh I'm somebody on Migos wrote that. Wrote her verse? So? I wouldn't be surprised. Had to. They had to have written her verse. Um she has like eight songwriters. So <laughs> um Let's see who's credit. Okay, Pharrell, Beyonce, Jay Z, Quavo.
2: Oh no, uh, <laughs> and
0: Offset. They wrote her verse. <laughs> Good call. Good call. <laughs> so, yeah. So I'm pretty sure on the um, on the Beyonce uh, with her with with the, Savage Stallion wrote hers. May, possibly, I mean, I would lean more towards that because she, um, Meg, Meg does write her own stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, man, I'm trying to find the. Oh, the songwriters. Yeah. It's, okay. Here we go. Okay, we got a lot of them. Okay, so we got Beyonce, Meg, um, Jay White did it. He's the producer. Uh, the Dream. <laughs> you know what uh,
2: that sounds like a dream now that I'm thinking about it that
0: sounds like that could be the dream uh, part, Partisan Fontaine uh, Jay Z and Stara
2: yeah that sounded man one of the more underrated songwriters
0: <laughs> ever um, yeah uh, number three, the blinding—well, uh, blinding lights by the weekend. Number four, two slide by Drake. Number five, the box. People are still. I, I saw the video, like,
2: bruh. That was hilarious. I
0: haven't seen the video. <laughs>
2: no, I'm talking about. Well, I've seen that video. Um, it is weird. But I'm talking about the video you told me about. Was
3: oh he's yeah, like put the headphones <laughs> <With> the <ghost>. <laughs> on. <laughs> yes. He's like, yeah, let's get this. Let's get yes. this. Yes, <laughs> yes.
0: Um. Oh man. Number six, Don't Start Now by Dua Lipa. Dua Lipa? Yeah,
3: either
0: one. Number seven, Pain 1993 by Drake featuring Playboy Cardi. Number eight, Circles by Sirius Malone. Number nine, Rockstar by The Baby featuring Roddy Rich. And number ten, Intentions by Justin Bieber featuring Quavo. Billboard 200, these are the albums. Number one, debuting at number one, Here and Now by Kenny Chesney. He's still in the league. <laughs> <He's> still- <laughs> <laughs> I thought he'd be retired on a beach somewhere.
2: Hey, no, I mean, I no, nah, man.
0: People still want him to perform at the Super Bowl. Um, what?
2: I don't know. We're gonna get him before Tim McGraw. <laughs> st- let me stop. Let me stop. are Garth Brooks. Let me. St- well, hold on. Garth Brooks did it, didn't he? Yes. Okay, never mind. Yeah, I stand corrected.
0: Number two: Dark Lane demo <gasps> tapes by Drake. Number 3 My Turn by Lil Baby, number 4 Blame It On Baby by The Baby. Number 5 Eternal Ataki or Eternal Attack, I'm not sure. It's based on the like the cult. Ataki uh, sounds better. Yeah. <laughs> uh that's Lil Uzi Vert. Number 6 After Hours by The Weeknd, number 7 Sugar by Megan Thee Stallion, number 8 Hollywood's Bleeding by Post Malone, number 9 Hot Pink by Doja Cat, and number 10 uh, I'll just call it I do what I want but it's the Spanish letters, uh, letters <laughs> <laughs> by Bad Bunny and the Artist 100 once they open here number one well he released an album that's, so there you go the Kenny Chesney that's the rules number two he also released an album he was number one last week no he's number 10 last week but the album just came out but Kenny Chesney beat him so Drake's number two Number three, Lil Baby. Number four, The Weeknd. Number five, Luke Combs.
3: He just uh, stayed relevant, man. All right, all right,
0: okay. <laughs> <laughs> number six, The Baby. Number seven, Post Malone. Number eight, Doja Cat. Number nine, Roddy Rich, And number ten, Billie Eilish.
2: Yeah, I think Luke Combs just stays. He, like, tours all the time. So I, th- I think that's why he stays relevant. He's just, he's just always out there touring and drinking moonshine on stage. That's, like, his thing.
0: So, uh... Anything else we're talking about any news like I mean' seen the the there have been some sing alongs uh, the i g battles have been going off i don't I don't Isn't I can't Ludacris remember Ludacris doing the, one or something, yeah, ludicrous is supposed to go against Nelly mm. and some people are like, oh, it's Nelly all the way, and some people were like, oh, it's ludicrous all the way like it's it's probably closer than you think it is, yeah, it is, I'm sure it is closer than we think it is. <laughs> I think people re-
2: forget about like the kind of like that little second lap that Nelly did, where he did like um, it was only just a dream and yeah, a few other things. I think people forget about
0: when that. he was basically a country singer. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> um, I think they forget about that, but I mean, like I don't know, like I'm biased. I'm from Atlanta, Luda, so you know, yeah, that's just you know.
0: Um, I don't know if we talked about it if it had happened the last time we recorded but the Jill Scott versus Erica Badu we mentioned it did that did that one happen um well it it's happened already okay um a lot of people enjoyed themselves i think people realized how extensive a catalog Jill Scott actually has yep <laughs> um but more or less it was a love fest well, because they, they have, really, yeah, they, they respect each off. other and love oh, each other. Do? Yeah. No, that's cool. I, I like so, that. So, yeah. It, it wasn't Maddie Fresh, Scott Storage. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that <laughs> at all. <laughs> Random,
2: I'm just randomly sitting on my couch thinking about that and just start laughing. <laughs> <laughs> this
0: is
3: just an exhibition. <laughs>
0: so, yeah. <laughs>
3: Sorry. <laughs> 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 okay.
2: No, I'm I'm glad they got along though. Um I respect both of them as artists,
0: Joe Scott and Erica Badu. Um yeah, so that's good. That's good. Um just some artists I see on Billboard. We weren't gonna talk talk about because we didn't even plan mm-hmm. on it. It's just some I'm seeing just now, but uh Um Billboard is doing a, a New kids on the blocks, ten best songs picked by the staff uh, and it made me think of
2: what <laughs> that's weird
0: it this it made me think of like do we do we respect Marie Starr as a songwriter at all? It's a good question um for those who don't know Marie Starr. We know, him, like, for working with New Edition, he wrote "Candy Girl" mm-hmm. and "Is This the End," cool. but he also wrote "Hanging Tough"
3: mm-hmm.
0: and "Please Don't Go, Girl," and "Step by Step." <laughs> My favorite. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else did he write? Um, "I'll Be Loving You Forever" because he he thought I think he saw Jordan Knight as the next. Maurice Gibb or whichever <laughs> BG was the lead singer. Oh, you got the rights. You got it. The right stuff. You he wrote the that right one.
2: Stuff. Man, those are some bangers. I don't. So like, it's funny because I don't hear him mentioned in conversations as, as, you know, like a great songwriter. I don't yeah. hear him talked about, but I never thought about it. Because like, he, he made was, a ton. He was writing all their stuff,
0: though. A ton of money off of New Kids on the Block, especially.
2: Yeah, I didn't think about that. Um, I think that'd be an interesting conversation to start, though. But the thing is, how many people, because I really feel like pop songwriters are so are so um, polarizing that either you respect them because of their ability to, you know, to churn out hits effortlessly, or you think that they're a joke. And I wonder if people are like, well, I mean, he only wrote with like two groups. So how good was he really? Who but else, who does else, it matter? You know, I, I guess who else
0: during that time would we consider a joke? I mean, because he was—I mean, I guess in this case he wasn't going to be mentioned among. I mean, he's not like or something. no, or David Foster or Diane Warren.
2: No one is David. Well, according to David Foster. No one, is David Foster. No one, Yeah. Well. Yeah.
0: No one is David Foster. Um. But I have to wonder, though, like, like he he made for a short period of time. He was up there as far as I think. I'm just guessing as far as how much money he's making off of the hit songs, Mm
3: -hmm.
0: but long-term he hasn't, he's been mostly forgotten about as far as, as far as his songwriting. I mean, people remember new kids on the block, but it was this black guy from Boston writing all his songs. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. That's something I never thought about. I
2: really do wonder, like, I don't know. I
0: I think it's it's worth the conversation though, and he was the one like like as far as in the 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 boy bands the the where they had the different personalities and everyone sings, you see it with with New Edition, but it really took off that those the 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 archetype or stereotype, um. Whichever vocabulary word I'm supposed to be using, it started with new kids on the block. As far... he,
2: yeah, he pins them down as far as like
0: you're this, you're that. Yeah, you this. yeah. It it really took off with them, and because of their success, then there's, NSYNC and mm-hmm. Backstreet Boys and 98 Degrees yeah. and Five and, uh, O-Town, Take That, O Town. Yeah.
2: I had to explain to Kendra how big Take That was.
0: <laughs> in, they weren't that big in America. In the UK, I was like, yeah. they are huge.
2: They're like yeah. that's why they're sitting in in Bentleys and like they were by the time that um, uh, what's the song that whatever I said that something by the time uh, that song came out back they, for good back for good they were at their where In Sync was at the end that was their that point where they're like yeah this is about it we're gonna break up soon. And you can just see like the personalities. I'm like, I'm looking like Robbie Williams. Like, who, he's gonna be the one that breaks out yeah. here. Where are the others? I don't know. But Robbie Williams is gonna be huge. <laughs> just like looking at that, he was, it was interesting. But yeah, yeah, they, he, he did set the, he kind of, you know, yeah. I mean, there's no, I mean, is there a Lou Pearlman without Maurice, without a Maurice Starr? Yeah, I
0: did find out something that it kind of disappointed me. But then eventually mm-hmm. I, I I was able to, to get over it because it, it happened a lot more than I anticipated. Mm-hmm. So I remember an episode of Cribs. Yeah. With Robin oh, Williams. Oh, yeah. Wasn't and he. It, like, he lived in a castle. Yeah. It was like, oh, he's a huge pop star. He's bigger <laughs> than I thought. Yeah. But that wasn't even his house. Yeah. But he
2: was on two episodes, wasn't he? Probably. I think he had his one in, in the UK and then he had a house in, in LA, but I couldn't find the one in... I feel UK. like maybe
0: only twenty percent of the time it was actually their house.
2: Oh yeah, maybe even less. Not even their cars. <laughs> like, no, it was you. Well, what's funny though; is you could not get away with that now. Not now. No, not no,
0: I now. I remember yeah. an, um, an episode with Red Man, and it was his actual house.
2: house, his apartment. Yes, <laughs> it was like a townhouse somewhere. Yeah, like, with like a. It was a townhouse in Jersey. <laughs> yeah.
0: He had he like one of his cousins was sleeping on the floor. And <laughs> <laughs> he was like, Yeah, they're
2: gonna see the real me. I was like, that's great. You need more of that. That so, I really
0: appreciated it. So yeah, um, uh-huh. it'll probably be hard to do research on Marie Starr. <laughs> There's not <laughs> a lot to find. Even though he uh he of course had to have a, a boy band with his own son in it called Perfect Gentleman. Uh-huh. And they wrote a song that Sounded like if LL Cool J was, like, I Need Love LL Cool J was, like, maybe 16, mm-hmm. 17. It was uh, an LL Cool J-styled song if he was still in middle school.
2: Oh, jeez. That's what this song
0: sounds like. Talking about homework. Let <laughs> 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 me um, So, yeah. Um. Anything else you want to talk about before we get to your earworm of
2: the week? No, only that I'm just, and I'm going to start trying to look into Maurice Star because I've never even, I never considered that, that he could be. Consider one of the better pop songwriters because he, you know, he didn't really work with a ton of different groups right. and he really stayed inside of his lane. But what he did well, he did well. So it's just yeah. like, can you really hate him for that? You know?
0: And he wrote songs like the New Kids on the Block stuff. You would not think that he wrote those songs. Yeah. you would not. You, you, yeah.
2: And not that I'm, to the hipsters out there, I'm not comparing him to Bob Dylan, but... Bob Dylan only wrote Folk, but we consider him one of the greatest songwriters of all time. Just saying. Yep. You don't have to be diverse to be a great writer. You just have to be a great
0: writer. <laughs> good writer's a good writer. So, yeah. All right. So, uh, Ben, tell us about your Earworm of the Week. You you tell them, man. You sent me this song. <laughs> well, you, you've you listened to it a bunch of times.
2: Yeah. Nah, so, Greg texted me this. Um, I don't know. It took me like a day or so to listen to it. But... um. Alien Amp Farm did a cover of Everything She Wants by Wham, and it is phenomenal. Um, I still think, so like, you know, I know with the, it's controversial for people to talk about talent being involved in Nu Metal, but Nu Metal, outside of the singers, had some really, really good bands. Korn was okay. Um, Phil D. Actually was a very average bass player, Um, David Silvera was a really good drummer and monkey and head are actually good guitar players, but like bands like limp biscuit. Amazing. Um, in my opinion though, the band that beats all of them. And I don't know who agrees with me. I think it's Alien ant farm man for man musician wise. Those guys were one of the best rock bands to not be big out of that era. They're, they're so good. And if you don't believe me, listen to their first two albums. Um, the second of which was produced by the DeLeo brothers from stone temple pilots. And you can hear their influence. Um, but this song, like they just kill it. Like they're so, they're so tight. Like a like a '80s drum machine record. Like it's, it's you know that's an electronic song, but like they're so good, they're able to just keep it together. And trust me, this is not studio magic. I've seen them perform live. They can do this live. I'm not seeing this song live, but I've seen other stuff live, and they they can pull they could pull this off easily. So I don't believe this was like a all right guys, we're gonna chop this take together.
0: <laughs> it wasn't any of that. They were killing it. I love this band. All right. So this is uh, Alien Ant Farm's cover of Everything She Wants, originally recorded by Wham, and we'll be right back. Everything she wants by Alien Ant Farm. I believe it came out uh last week. Last okay, two, so it's very week? new. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's real, yeah. Super new.
2: Yeah, it's God, I love it, man. They're yeah. They're so good.
0: <laughs> if it were if it came out in two thousand Two or two thousand three, whenever Smooth Criminal came yeah, out. Yeah, this probably would have been pretty big if yeah. back
2: then. Yeah, when they were riding high. <laughs> I mean, even I mean, I know Smooth Criminal was their biggest, but even like movies was pretty good too. I just it always kind of hurt me that they weren't bigger than they were, and I always I remember um, Chris talking about that, like how a band that he was in at the time <clears throat> he was trying to get them to do. or no, no, he yeah, has another band up in Jersey. They're trying to do a cover. And they had cited Alien Ant Farm as the reason why you don't want your first single to be a cover because then you're pigeonholed. And I just I never got why they just didn't get bigger. Like it was just really weird. And I mean, they're still clearly they're still making music. They've made albums consistently since <laughs> since like you know 2000 whatever. But they just you know at, I mean at this point the solid music is is just really not as popular. But even when it was still kind of popular, they just weren't hitting. So they tried, but
0: they just weren't hitting. All right. So um, you can get that on our BTTYST Earworms playlist right now. Hopefully they don't take it off one day. Spotify. Well, I can't get mad at them. It's, it's,
2: the, it's the rights holders. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Spotify would have everything up there if they could.
0: <laughs> All right. So um, let's get into this, man. Um so we started the show with Nick Cannon. Jigolo, his uh his masterpiece of a song. <laughs> Wouldn't you say?
2: Sure, yeah, <laughs> we'll say that. Yeah, let's go with that. It sounded when that when that like acoustic guitar riff starts out, that that's that's got early two thousands written all over it.
0: Yeah. And that was and that was the R. Kelly.
2: Yeah. That was, that was be, definitely
0: the R. Kelly sound.
2: It could be one of like Many songs like that one, Hotel Lobby, <laughs> Fiesta.
0: Oh my god.
2: Um, there's a B2K song that starts out bump, bump, bump. Like, yeah, just that acoustic, that little acoustic. It's like,
0: riff. I feel like he found that sound <laughs> and just beat it one day. Crowd. And just like, yes, that's what we're doing.
2: He's like, I bet you I can write at least 10 hit songs with that. <laughs> <laughs> just like. Yeah, uh, God. So yeah, anytime, anytime I hear it, I'm just like, I'm instantly transported back to. I know we were talking about this before we started recording. You know, this year was the second half of our sophomore years of college. Yep. Going into our third year of college, and I always, I always say sophomore year, but second year, third year, because I, I did the four and a half, five year plan. So, um, I did the six year plan. Yeah. So yeah, so, yeah we <laughs> did. We weren't traditional. So first year, second. Year, this is. The second half of our second year, beginning of our of our uh, third year, which is when I think was that around the time Token White was getting started. I, I can't remember. I don't know, but yeah, it, it just mm, 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 mm. what a ripe time. <laughs> what <laughs> a time. What a ripe to time. be alive. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> crazy things happening. I miss college.
0: <laughs> so uh, we're doing our one hit wonders, continuing our one hit wonders series. We're doing it because five. One Hit Wonders, two thousand and four. So, um, yeah, let's get into it, Ben. Why don't you give us your first honorable mention?
2: All right, so um going with the song that I don't even think I was jamming to it when it came out. I, I didn't discover it till later. It's uh, Mystique, and the name of the song is "Scandalous." Um, I think this was in Catwoman.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I think that Catwoman. might have
2: been when I heard it. Um, yes, I've seen Catwoman. The whole thing. Um, and I enjoyed it, even though I understand it was a bad movie. I'm not daft. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know it was bad. Um, I believe these, these young ladies are British. Yes. I believe this is just a really cool song. It's got like nice little beat to it. Um, I feel like these sorts of beats were really big around this time. Very reminiscent of In the Club, which I think came out like maybe a year or so before. Um, I know that was my first year of college, I believe, that came out. Um, And then, of course, it was ripped off. Well, not ripped off. Let me stop that. Um, But it was in um, Heavily Borrowed, let's say that, in the Ashley Tisdale song, Be Good to Me. But it's just a a great beat. So, I mean, I can't, you know, if you're going to rip off, rip off from the best. It's just a really good song.
0: And uh, for those who don't realize it, it is produced by... Stargate, written and produced by. Really, I didn't even
2: realize that. Okay, Stargate being the producers that were like really big with, um, they worked with Neo, they worked with. Oh yeah, they were like really big around that mid two thousands to like
0: the. And Wiz Khalifa.
2: Oh yeah, yep, yeah they were. Okay, I didn't realize they did this one. This was early for them then. Yeah. Oh man, they're just making a name. They're like, yeah, we got to do this one. It's gonna be in that Catwoman movie. It's gonna blow us up, man. It's gonna be it. <laughs> The new Hollyberry Catwoman movie, and then they saw it like Ooh. Uh
0: this was also included in Grand Theft Auto Five.
2: I don't think I played that one. Is that and the latest one?
0: No. Okay. Well, is it? Yeah, five is the latest one. Yeah, man. so okay, so nine years later, it's in
2: <laughs> Yeah, that move that game is really old. I remember before I met my wife, when Matt had it, <laughs> and we would be hanging out in our old apartment playing it, and yeah, and I look up and I'm like, they're still, like, that game's still like 40 bucks. <laughs> like, drop the price, man. But yeah, they won't. I think about buying it every day, but then I'm like, what if they release another one? I'm just not ready for that.
0: Uh, be mad. Another little piece of trivia here um, is included in Armani Code perfume commercial. And also, it was included in Catwoman because the film's theme song was going to be Outrageous by Britney Spears, but she broke her knee during the video shoot. And it was... Oh. Wow. Okay. So this is is basically how the song became a hit in America.
2: Oh, because... Yeah, because of the movie, yeah.
0: So, yeah. Um charted at number 35 in America, but it was number one on the UK R&B charts, number two on the official UK singles charts, uh, number four in New Zealand, number three in Ireland, number three in Scotland, number nine in Denmark, number nine in Australia.
2: So it had that international flair international Appeal. Yeah. Such a good song.
0: So yeah, Scandalous by Mystique. Um... So my first honorable mention, uh, this is a song that um the first sound design I did in theater was for a play, a musical called Three Postcards. And my sound my my board operator, I was I was a designer it was my first design, but I'd never used a soundboard before. But someone was <laughs> doing the operating for me. And her name was Sandy. And all through the the tech rehearsal process, she kept singing this song. And it annoyed me, because <laughs> like that song is so stupid. But it was a hit song, and uh, it shows the power of Nelly. <laughs> Did and it grow on you? Huh?
2: Did it, I'm guessing it grew on you.
0: No, <laughs> I, I'm still not really a big fan of the song. But it shows that his power made a song popular, and it's what the hook gonna be. Uh oh! By Murphy Lee. Uh, oh man. This is officially Murphy Lee featuring Jermaine Jermaine Dupree.
2: Oh god. But he Nelly produces?
0: Nelly does the uh-oh on the track. Yeah, uh Jermaine Dupree produced this. Oh god.
2: <laughs> this brings me back right here.
0: Uh this sounds like a song that was played a lot at for all the West Georgia OGs. Uh-oh, uh-oh. What Spyro. You oh, yeah. Or or The Mansion. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, God. Many nights at the mansion.
2: Many um, Thursday nights. Yeah, this song was... God, yeah, I, until you mentioned this song, I forgot about this song. I forgot about this one.
0: So why I say uh, this is the power of Nelly because... Uh, Murphy Lee is one is a member of the Saint Lunatics. Uh, this was um, people that Nelly brought along. it's and, Like his uh, D12, yeah, yeah, and um, yeah. So this was the only charted song. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm trying to find the. Uh, it's funny too because
2: they're like his know. D12, but they're not nearly as talented. Yeah. Is D twelve where it's like I've people in D twelve can hold their own. I didn't really feel like anyone in the Saint Lunatics was on Nelly's level, and there's a reason why Nelly
0: <laughs> up and the rest why, of y'all yeah. didn't. You um, know. So yeah, uh this song charted at number seventeen on the hot one hundred, number eleven on the R and B charts, number six on the rap charts. His next single, Love Me Baby, also from his album Murphy's Law, charted as high as number 119.
3: Woo.
2: How is that possible in the Hot 100? What it? <laughs> it was like, not most spots and you'll be there.
0: <laughs> now, you people know Murphy Lee's name. He was on the song, um, he was on Air Force Ones with Nelly. Mm-hmm. He was on Shake Your Tail Feather from the Bad Boys 2 soundtrack with Nelly, so that's what I'm saying yeah. is the power of Nelly. <laughs> well, what's even funnier is
2: so he's he has the a verse on the Welcome to Atlanta remix where they're going from city to city, and he's right. like short. He's like dirty. We hopped to what's hit. Like that was a really good verse, and it would make you think that we were gonna hear great things from Murphy Lee, <laughs> and just like he, like I think he might have overperformed on that verse. You know, he had a. Shout out to the Rewatchables podcast. He was on Bill's. a lottery.
0: of remi- He was on the Tipsy remix, yeah. the Throw Some D's remix, the Duffel Bag Boy remix.
2: He was, shout out to Bill Simmons for the Rewatchables podcast. He was like Dion Waiters. That was just, <laughs> he had those Dion Waiters moments. <laughs>
0: Every once in a while. He
2: was a yeah, he had those heat check moments.
0: <laughs> every once in a while every song he got on, something.
2: he thought he was the best rapper.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was the downfall. Yeah. He thought he was the, the best. On every song. <laughs> I should do another album.
2: Like, no. do you know who's ludicrous is on here, And
3: <laughs> <laughs> I right, Murphy Lee, man. Don't lose that confidence.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we are um at your second. Honorable mention, mm-hmm. and we actually have the same one. Okay, so uh, why don't you introduce this? I'm supposed to um It is flowed
2: on by Modest Mouse. Um, song has a very this. So this song, of course, is is in, in addition to being catchy as hell, it has like the weirdest subject matter. Yeah, <laughs> the lyrics are so odd, and I don't know how it became a hit. I think it's that backbeat and then the yeah that riff right there helps which it's was
0: catchy and poppy and yeah and people think that it's a happy song and it's not it's really not
2: yeah um, have you ever seen them perform it? no he uh, I can't tell if he's fake deep or if he's taking it as a joke. But like he oversings and he sticks his chest out and he's got a gut and it's just really weird to see the least singer. Yeah, it's just the weirdest thing ever. I can't watch live perform because he's just not taking it seriously. They've got better songs and I think he likes those songs better. But like this was the hit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like he kinda ride with it. So this one this also was a token white staple at the beginning.
0: <laughs> <laughs> a couple of these might be token white staples. Uh, I remember hearing this song on um, for people that that know me which would include Ben I heard this song on MTV too
2: (laughs) this was they were one of those bands though MTV bands like this was a sleeper hit I mean I'm trying to think of bands nowadays because I think when you have an indie band like this have a hit song You know, they're, like, the quirky, but, like, I think back then, these sorts of bands were still novelties. No one expected this to be a hit. Yeah. Like, it just kind of came out of nowhere. Um, And I I don't... I think the reason they're a one-hit one, even though they continue to make music, is just because of that. Like, nobody thought it was going to be... And you know what else I just... Because I'm reading here. I didn't think about this. A lot of, like, shows where you had these actors and actresses who had, like, weird tastes because, you know, we're cooler than cool. You're, you know, you're Zach Braffs and things like that. Oh, Zach Braff. What's his name? Zach, um, from Garden State? What was his name? Yeah, Zach Braff. Zach Braff, okay, yeah. They had this weird music, and so they would bring along their tastes and put them in movies and stuff like that. And some of these songs that had no business getting big would get big. And I I really think that was happening with a lot of these sorts of bands early in the, in the decade, um, seeing that like people did cut, someone did a cover it on the OC. Uh, Another cover of it was on John Tucker must die. Like some of these songs just like he had, they they had these fans, (laughs) these famous fans. I'm pretty
0: sure this was on an episode of gossip girl. Wouldn't be surprised. Or one tree Hill, or I don't know if Dawson's Creek was still in the air. (laughs) But it's just but they're it's, it's like oh, man, it's quirky. Let's throw it on there, man.
2: <laughs> like, what type of stuff you listen to right now, man? Oh man, like Modest Mouse, you know, they're they're like really big and insert small town. Were they
0: the <laughs> hipster heroes before Arcade Fire?
2: Probably. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like they're one of those bands. It's just like, and I just I just I don't know why I just thought about that, but that happened with a lot of these bands. Like, they, you would be quirky, and they just hey, you're coming along for the ride. <laughs> people still give Zach Braff like the the all the kudos in the world for the Garden State soundtrack, and it was probably just a bunch of really weird indie bands he was listening to at the time.
0: Uh, well, yeah, he was listening to the what the New Pornographers. I know that was one of the bands. I think um, so, cause yeah, everyone he had just, like a Coldplay like deep cut on there.
2: Yeah, people are like, oh my god, who's this British band? <laughs> Yeah, he had Coldplay, The Shins, Zero the Seven, sh- <laughs> Colin Hay, for those who don't know, Colin Hay was the lead singer of Men at Work, Yeah, um, who people apparently just love his voice, Remy Zero, Nick Drake, Thievery Corporation, Simon and Garfunkel, Iron and Wine, Fru Fru. God, this, uh, sorry, it's like some the, of these guys are it, just so pretentious.
0: <laughs> but he said the thing was, the thing, like, why the soundtrack is the way it is, This was, he said it was just music he was listening to while writing the screenplay. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's no, like, super deep meaning behind the selection of those songs. But, what, that movie was what, 2005? 04. Oh, four. Okay, so 16 years later, his opinion may have changed. Yeah. Or maybe he should have had a, a legit reason because he hasn't had... he. There's probably a group of people who are our age now <laughs> that... Have a certain affinity for Garden State.
2: I've never seen it.
0: I've seen it a couple of times. I don't I don't get it.
2: What is it about?
0: <laughs> okay, Zach Brath, who also wrote and directed it, he stars in it. He's an actor in at living in LA. His mother passes, so he comes back home to Jersey.
2: Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> and he has to deal with his father, who has also been his therapist. And, um, Peter Skarsgård is in it, plays his best friend, who is also, like, um, he's he's kind of a, he's doing random things. Mm -hmm. And then Natalie Portman is in it. This was way before, way before Black Swan. (laughs) It was way before she became a superstar. Way before she became a superstar. Um... Or it's probably the in, the indie thing she was doing between Star Wars movies. Holy yeah. crap.
2: Okay, I didn't know she was uh a Method Man.
0: Yeah, Meth yeah, Method James Man plays a Jamaican, I think. Okay. No, wait, that was a different movie. He plays like a bellhop or something.
2: Okay. Yeah, I've never seen it. I always just it's just one of those movies where I just hear a lot of I don't and I feel like this is a derogatory term, but hipsters talk about it. Like people whose whose it I use it derogatorily.
0: If that's a word. People whose
2: opinions I have to take with a grain of salt, you know, for better or worse, whatever. I just, you know, sometimes when they're on their own, when they're off, it's a train wreck. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. Okay.
0: Um, We're at number five, right? Number five. Your number five.
2: My number five. um, This is a song that almost actually fell outside of the top five because... It doesn't get good until, like, maybe a minute in. And that is, friends, Ferdinand, take I'm me gonna out. I'm going to fast forward a minute. Yeah. Like, it's a good song. It's just a little weird at first. You're just like, all right, that's weird. But then when it, like, kicks into gear at this part, and I'll be honest, like, it's a really cool slowdown. I'd be curious to hear them do this live if they really, really nail it right here because it's kind of hard to keep together and do a slowdown at the mm. same time like that. So band. funny story though, down in Florida on um, spring break, which I guess it had to be oh four, I don't know, maybe 05 after the song had become a hit. Saw a band play this song and they nailed it. Um really, really good they really they nailed the slowdown. Of course, you know, this song is this song is in my opinion driven by bass and drums. The guitar players, um, other than the like they don't have that much to do. It's, it's about that driving bass line and the drums really kind of just because like if you think about it like that's kind of a house beat with that it's, it's a slower house beat but it's kind of like a you know that's meant to get people dancing almost makes you wonder why they didn't make this the whole song
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is another one of those songs that was uh, that I heard on MTV too yeah uh, it's one of those that kind of crossed over mm-hmm. into MTV um oh i use this as a and i, I want to play a little bit of it there is a uh do you remember when i did the uh sound design for stop kiss
2: i believe so yes
0: Where i used a bunch of mashups and that, yes. that was all i listened to for like yeah a i year. do remember that <laughs> you were like the
2: chick from pitch perfect you just love mashups
0: um so yeah uh I think this is the mashup that I a mashup that I put in the show let me see if I can see if this is it you had some good mashups
1: though
0: so this is a mashup I put in the show it's Beastie Boys Chic. And Franz Ferdinand. <laughs> these were hard to find back then, too. Yeah, it was it was a new thing.
2: Yeah, these were now you can find them everywhere, but I remember like there were there used to be shows like after we graduated where they would just play mashups on the radio. Like it just it became a fad after this, and that was kind of died out a bit. But okay, I, yeah, I do remember this one now.
0: So yeah, this was one that I put in the show. Uh. What reason do I have for doing it? No, I didn't really have one.
2: Yeah, I remember so, that. Yeah. You were you were all in a... You were really into them. But, I mean, it was cool because, like, we found some good mashups as a result. You had to get... you had to, The only thing about it is, when it was so new, you had to go through a lot of crap to find good stuff. Because people were just experimenting. They didn't really know what the genre was. And I think that's one of the first times I can really say... That I was there for the start of something to understand, like, yeah, these are people finding their way. There were some people who were really, really good at it. And then there were some people who were just like, man, I'm just trying this. (laughs) Like, I'm just (laughs) just seeing what I can do. Um, But, yeah, man, this, take me out, man. This is such a great song. Um, And I didn't like it at first. I just remember people talking about, like, hey, man, just wait for this part. It was like waiting for the bass to drop. In the EDM song they're just like, wait till it and then when it got there that's the the head nod and you
0: everyone sings along at the
2: take me out
0: yeah so this song um only charted it as high as number sixty six in America, but it was on the it was one of those quirky enough songs where it, you heard it a lot on TV. it mm-hmm. was, may have been in a couple of movies um it was actually on Madden two thousand five. NHL 2005, Sean White Skateboarding. It was on Guitar Hero. Uh, oh, God, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I feel like it, this definitely was a song that was on Gossip Girl. I I, I would bet a few dollars on that. It had to be on that show. Um, uh, it um, was number three on the alt- U.S. Alternative Song Charts. Number one, the U.K. Indie Charts. Number three in the U.K., Number two in Scotland, number eight in Ireland, number nine in uh number seven in Canada. So it um it it had that the if you were a little bit patient, yeah, you get to the good part of that song. <laughs>
2: you know what I'm starting to realize too as we as we kind of move up in some of these years, <clears throat> I think we're starting to see now where the billboard charts might not dictate what was actually really big amongst younger people,
3: yeah,
2: because this song was everywhere, but it only charted at sixty six on the hot one hundred right, and I'm wondering if it's because, of course, there was song piracy was big in the early two thousand, so plenty of people illegally downloading, and then too, um people not accounting for shows like t r l or just other places where you could hear these songs, Myspace, what have you, that not being accounted for um Because, you know, and I'm not going to go too far off here, but I think of a band like Paramore. Paramore is huge. Paramore did not have a top uh, actual Hot 100 hit until Ain't It Fun. But by that point, they're one of the biggest bands in the world. Yeah, They're doing it without being on the radio, you know, same thing with like Miley Cyrus until A Party in the USA. So I think what we're starting to see here is going to be very interesting as we continue to move along. Some of these songs that were huge, but only moderate on the charts. Yeah, But everyone, like, if you go into a in a bar and play Take Me Out, everyone's going to know that song, and everyone's going to be singing that Take Me Out hook at the top of their lungs. So I think this is very interesting to see the changing demographic of where, you know, of or the the landscape of how music was charted and tracked and everything. This
0: is really interesting. So we'll get to my number... Number five. five. Number five. All right, this song... Um, this would I consider this uh I think this was on my VH1 champions. Yeah, oh, VH one is awesome. <laughs> and um it was one of those songs to where you know like they they don't have anything else after this. You know they don't. They just do not. And it is Heaven by Los Lonely Boys. <laughs> oh
2: god. Freaking phenomenal in concert though. But yeah, you're right. This is all they got. <laughs> And they, I believe they saved this for last because, of course, if you play this you got, first, everyone leaves. This, they, leave, they leave when it's over. They're like, well, six more songs till Fuel comes on. They open for Fuel. Oh.
0: I remember that. Um, it was an episode of The Simpsons where uh, Bachman Turner Overdrive is performing. Oh,
2: God. He has them to play like a Grand Funk Railroad song.
0: No, no. It was like, take uh, take care of business. Get
2: to the working out part.
0: (laughs) They started playing the song. It's like working overtime. And they skip right to working overtime. But it's like halfway through the song.
3: Oh, God.
2: (laughs) I
0: couldn't go back and find that episode. soon as they start playing something else. Play Heaven.
2: (laughs) Yeah, they were really good. I mean, it's a trio of guys. Um... Phenomenal. Are they from Mexico or from? Let me stop being stereotypical. Where are they from? Let me ask that
0: first. My first guess is California. My second guess is Texas, just because. Yeah. Just because of the, you know, it's this is a San blues. Angelo, okay. Yeah. San no, Angelo, Texas. Yeah. Very, yeah. very bluesy.
2: Probably <laughs> heavy. I don't know who they might be. Brown-eyed soul, really? People, are we really redoing?
0: Br- brown-eyed soul.
2: Just, just call us. We're, we're, we're. Oh, we're, I'm seeing Texican. we combining <laughs> elements of rock and roll, Texas blues, which you know that's clear. Brown eyed soul, country, and tijano. Like, how many souls Look, we got? It's
0: blues, y'all. Okay, is it's it, blues. Is you just call it blues? It's, it's simply okay.
2: red, green eyed soul. Isn't it?
0: <laughs> they're from <laughs> Texas, so it me be Texas blues. That's yeah. fine. Too no, what the hell is brown-eyed soul? We're getting too specific here. This is the I'm
2: blaming this on whoever said blue-eyed soul. They're like, well, they're Hispanic. Clearly, it's brown-eyed soul.
0: <laughs> they're Irish. What kind of what kind of eyes do black people have? have. Come on, man.
2: black eye. That's black-eyed soul, man. What you talking about? Um, but anyway, yeah, this was a. They were great, I think, and I'm not even making this up. I think they played a Carlos Santana song. During their set, I mean, this was the year that they were just kind of... Um, oh yeah, I forgot about that part. They sing some in Spanish. <laughs> um, but they were just kind of getting big and Star 94 was throwing these free concerts in the summer. Mm. And so it was it was an odd build. It was Los Lonely Boys opening for Fuel. Um, and as much as I liked Fuel that year, because that was the year they came out with Falls on Me, Los Lonely Boys played them off the stage. <laughs> and like it was... <laughs> you can tell they were that band... That's been playing for like before this they they've been playing for like ten years. Just trying to make it. And so they perfected their stage show to where like they weren't new. They weren't like, oh man, they're just No, we've been at this for a while. They had things they had this thing where they took their guitars, like the guitar player and the bass player took their instruments off their neck and played it with one hand. Like they had tricks. They had, you know, stage antics and stuff and You know, aside from how good this song is, still is, and and their musicianship, like, they were very seasoned performers. And I kind of felt bad for Fuel (laughs) because, you know, like, Fuel, you could tell they're messing up. The singer blew his voice out within the first two songs. He was looking back at the drummer because the drummer was making mistakes. It was was, was a rough show
3: (laughs) for Fuel. It was a very
2: rough show. (laughs) Meanwhile, you know, Los Only Boys are just like, yeah, it's just another Friday night. (laughs) Like, <laughs> we got this.
0: All right, so uh that was my number 5. So we'll number. get to your number 4. Uh
2: this is this is a band about soccer. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is Yellow Card, um Ocean Avenue. The first thing that drew me to this song is his very chunky guitar tone. Um I had what well, I've been playing guitar for maybe six years at this point maybe five or six years i playing for over 20 now and I remember um, trying to imitate his guitar tone like I loved the way his guitar tone sounded and yeah that's what drew me into this song initially then after that I just started to notice everything else the drummer overplays but he's still pretty good um yeah
0: I when in doing research for what are you know one hit wonders from this particular year, yellow card kept coming up yeah and i'm like i've heard other songs by them yeah but
2: I'm, um, i don't know how big their other songs were i, I prefer way away yeah, and that's the song that you yeah you preferred that one um i, I mean, know they it had, had a, only you know, Hope. That,
0: the, the the violin player was more prominent on way away <laughs>
2: so that was so let's talk about that for a second has a has a punk band ever had a violin player?
0: Not before, not since. <laughs>
2: they're like the it's like Dave Matthews Band <laughs> with punk, like <laughs> like it's just so like it. And I mean like, hey, I give it to them. Like they're probably thinking like, yeah, let's you know let's be a little di- bit different here. Let's throw a violin player here. And it's kudos to they made it work somehow. Um, they made it work. I don't even think he sings. Like he just plays violin. No. <laughs> He's like the guy in Slipknot that just hits the cans. <laughs> like they just made it work somehow.
0: Um so this is from this is actually their third album. Yeah. In which this song becomes a hit. Uh I didn't know they actually broke up. Yeah, they
2: did. They broke up. Um I want to think they were one of those bands that I heard about before they got big. Um that was just like trying. Like I was so back then I was more into punk music, especially emo, and I just remember them being one of those bands that like, just kept trying and trying, and then finally they just they broke big, but couldn't sustain it. So, But I do remember them, yeah, um, being in the scene. And I say the scene as in, like, you know, I remember back when the Pop Goes Punk albums were big.
0: Oh, uh, yeah.
2: They did a cover of Everywhere by Michelle. Yeah. Michelle yeah. Branch. I say it like we cool. Michelle Branch. <laughs> they did a cover of it, and I remember after that like they got i i heard about them again later i was like oh, okay this is that band that did ocean avenue so i don't know why i don't listen to punk this, that much anymore but yeah uh
0: this charted at number 37 and uh the highest it charted it, it was number 13 on the mainstream top 40 as compared to the adult top 40 and uh, we still haven't done the show about we're trying to differentiate these charts Especially yeah, we NBA need to do charts. that one day, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and it went double platinum. And they had a black
2: drummer with dreads. And he played really, really freaking fast. Like, really, really fast. I thought he overplayed back then. I still think he overplays, but I mean, it works for them. So, you know, yeah.
0: Um, Yeah, Uh, so we'll get to, that was your number four. So, my number four... Um. Okay, so if anyone who's been following our podcast we did an episode about um about Sam Cook mm-hmm. and one thing that we found out about Sam Cook is well, I mean some people maybe knew already, and we kind of knew, but it's one thing that we discussed is that he was in a gospel group mm-hmm. right, and if you were in a gospel group and then you went over to pop, or R&B, or devil music, as they may have called it. (laughs) You better be successful. Mm -hmm. Because you can't come back to gospel. You can't come back. (laughs) You you, you can't come back. They won't let you do it. Mm -mm. This artist comes from probably the biggest gospel family ever in the entire world. (laughs) They're like the Jacksons of gospel. They're the Jacksons. They're the Jacksons plus... Osmans plus the Wilsons, that's the Beach Boys, plus <laughs> um I don't know. This- like
2: essentially if you put your if they put their name on something, it sold. If you were a part of this family and you released an album in that genre, you you instant cred. You didn't have to earn it. You just had it.
0: Yeah, so they um uh so this is of course I'm talking about Mario Winans. Who uh, had the song I Don't Want to Know featuring Inya and P. Diddy because he sampled Inya. But um, uh, this was a song that was all over BET. Oh, yeah. um, And it it samples the um, what's the name of the song by Inya that it sampled? Because it was the same one that for Ready or Not that the Fuji sampled. And that's why they sampled it. Boa de Chea. I don't know how that, if it's, or Bodicea. I don't know how it's pronounced. But uh, same sample as the Fujis used. Yeah. Um, The Diddy special. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, this was just a song that was everywhere. And the subject matter is like, if you're cheating on me, just don't tell Tell me. me. yeah. Simpin 101 <laughs> Simpin 101 yes yes indeed um so yeah that was the um uh that was the draw of it i guess like wow he's really writing a song like this yeah um and this was also the you know the same guy who he he co-wrote um i need a girl part 2 uh for uh with diddy and I called that the "I Miss J Lo" song. <laughs> <laughs> um, Man, I forgot. But yeah, I mean, oh, but I it something. the the song sounds really good. Yeah, the lyrics uh, it just makes you kind of kind of hang your head a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like slick really?
2: production. Though. I never. I guess I never really paid attention. Um. You know, it's almost kind of that beat is almost kind of like a sped up "Come and talk
0: to me." <laughs> Very close. Uh, he uh, he produced this himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, he co-wrote he uh, whoever who gets co-writing credits here, Enya and Diddy and uh, Loon and EPMD. Loon. Ew. Um sometimes I do think that Mario Winans just suffered from uh being on the bad boy label. Oh, meaning that he
2: gets used up by Diddy and yeah. tossed aside yeah, when he's that much. Like, uh, "So I'm a feature on your first song.
0: <laughs> do you have
2: to Yes, ask everyone else who's here. <laughs>
0: this is from his second and last. Album, <laughs> second and last solo album. Surprise, he got
3: two.
0: <laughs> uh, it spent eight weeks at number two, and it has it's a, it's the fifth longest song to spend at the number two spot without going to number one. That sucks. Uh, but he hasn't. He's in some good company. Uh, Foreigners waiting for a girl like you. Missy Elliott's work it. Donna Lewis, I love you always, forever. And Shania Twain's, you're still the one. Great songs. So he's, he's in good company. Uh, it was number one in the UK. So I wonder if he was on top of the pops. It was number one on the UK <laughs> R&B charts. Number one in Scotland, the Netherlands, wow. Germany. Yeah.
2: They still bopping to this day, man.
0: <laughs> Probably. Um. So, yeah. And uh, for those who are. Oh, it just stopped. See? I'll just pause it. Uh, so, uh for those who are who are concerned about the whereabouts of Mario Winans, he um he has won a Grammy since then for co-writing CeCe Winans song. <laughs> for, he won a Grammy for best gospel performance. Um so he also uh he so he's been writing gospel since then, but uh he's he's come back to the to the, the devil's music. Um he has worked with um uh, Ashanti and uh that is the only artist I recognize. Um and he's been he was uh the heck is I don't know none of these folks. Oh, he was credited as a co writer of the song Um All Day by Kanye. I think I know that one. Um he was he was so he's nominated for a Grammy there, but yeah. He also won a MOBO award for best ringtone for I don't wanna know. Yeah, so, no, that was funny. So this was the, the beginning of the ringtone era. But yeah, um sad era music. <laughs> it was I don't know if it's sad. It was weird, for sure. Yeah, it was definitely weird. All right, so we're at your number three.
2: Yes. Um oh yeah, this one yeah, this was always almost a toss up between three and four. But yeah, Lost Profits, Last Train Home. Um I don't, even, I don't even really know what to say about, like, this song, my my second, no, third year, because second year I was in Carrollton Place, third year I was in River Place. Um, this song, for some reason, that summer before I moved there meant so much to me. I don't know why. Um, I'm trying to take myself back to how I was feeling then. And I feel like that's going to happen a lot more with some of these songs as we do these years where we were in college, where music... Became an even bigger part of our both of our lives, I imagine. I have and some bad news. Why is it not anywhere? It's not on Spotify at all. They probably took it off because he uh, he did stuff.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they probably True. took it off. True,
2: but True. they didn't take off Ara Kelly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh God! I I'll guess. play. I'll play it from uh, from YouTube.
2: He's what? What did uh? I oh, got what Bill Burr say. He's a uh, $100 million whale. <laughs> you just sit there until somebody calls you because you can make $100 million. <laughs> oh, Bill Burr is brilliant.
0: Um, so, yeah, what else can you tell us about this song? <laughs> try um, to pull it up.
2: Well, I mean, it was it's written in drop C for literally just for one part. You actually didn't need to go down that low for that. Um, Incredibly hard song to sing. He gets it very high. Um. Yeah, just something about this song. I don't know. I mean, just... It was... Yeah, this song. I just remember Just this song meant everything to me that year. Um, probably because I was a simp. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure I was a simp. Was just, I think this was around the time I was dating Clarissa. No? Was I dating Clarissa? 04 would have been. Yeah, that would have been the time. That was a simp. Ugh. Um. But yeah, this was just a really fun song to to listen to? I think we tried to play it once. Um, let's see. Let's 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 see what their article has to say. Did they? I wonder if they took them off of uh <laughs> the internet. No. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um. So yes, yeah, from the album "Start Something," which they, they was, don't have a
0: VIVO channel. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah.
2: This was a part of their their second album, which was "Start Something." The first one, of course, being um, the one with Dragon Ninja versus Shinobi. The, the Fake Sound of Progress, which is actually a really good song I would definitely suggest checking it out if you get a chance. But this one was just... Um, it had a huge hook, and I believe this is also on Pepsi Smash, which also helped. Like, you know, if you could get on Pepsi Smash, you were big. They'd, it's like they tried to make it our version of Top of the Pops. It would come on every summer, and you wanted to have the song of the summer to be on there. Um, but it's just yeah just everything about this song is good I all, I all I have of this song are just memories like that's and those
0: that's all I can put into words to describe this song just the memories that I had um so can, can we should we talk about what happened to these guys yeah so
2: they mm. uh let me go here cause I know a, a cursory they're not together anymore I don't believe um yeah they were a Welsh band their lead singer was Ian Watkins, um, and he has been sentenced to 29 years in prison for multiple sexual offenses, including the sexual assault of young children. Yeah, he's, he's that guy. <laughs>
0: Jeez.
2: Yeah, so... Um, Gary Glitter's looking at him like, God dang. <laughs> professionals have standards let me, stop. let me stop but like seriously like it's pretty messed up I mean it's yeah. like and as much as this is going to sound like I'm making a bad joke but he was more than likely what happened here is he was an artist that wasn't big enough to cover this up yeah. um, it, was, it was found out and he's not big enough to make this go away like and R. Kelly who was big enough to make this go away because everybody around him was making a ton of money and who wants to stop the gravy train it was only when they were like, yeah, he's not really worth it anymore. Now we throw him under. Um, but yeah, that was his thing. Um, happened in December 2012. He was charged with conspiracy to engage in sexual act with... A, I'm not even going to read this. It's so
0: disgusting. Yeah, yeah. this is...
2: Yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah. But yeah, that's, you know... Yeah, it's crazy. But, and hate me or love me for this, I am, I am a person who is able to differentiate because... Look in the past of the majority of musical acts in history, and you can find some pretty bad stuff. Um, I don't have to like the person to like their music. I don't have to. Ha- I don't have to like the person to appreciate art, because essentially that's what music is. Music is art. So, and I'll leave
0: it at that. <laughs> All right, let's just move on really quick here. Yeah. So, uh, my number three. Uh, this was a really high energy song. Uh, Kind of one, another one of those songs where it's like he might not have anything else. <laughs> and he had a little bit of star power in 2004, but star power enough to where what can he actually do on his own?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh he, he's done a couple of questionable things, not like Lost Profits, not like Ian no, e. Watkins, not, not, not like him, hell. but no. a couple of questionable things since then. And this is I like that by Houston
3: <laughs>
0: oh man this. Song. Uh, hearing this song again earlier today it's like man this sounds like this was on the NBA Live soundtrack was it? I I don't know I'm gonna pull it up right now but I feel like it was
2: <laughs> it wasn't well at least I don't see it listed here as, as being a part of it but yeah it, it should have been oh man this song anytime I hear this song man I, all I think about is Chingy yeah, like he was the—he wasn't even the biggest artist on his own song, man. Like he's overshadowed by everybody. Um, Y'all never remember what he sounds like. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this was produced by Track Stars. Um, they are known for—they work with Ludacris. They work with Benny Siegel. Um.
2: Bone Thugs and Harmony. They sound like Tyrese. They sound like an uh, producers of their time. Yeah. Like, I don't think they were probably able to really. Like, this sounds so much like the early 2000s that like, it hurts. <laughs> 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 yeah. Oh, God.
0: Oh, God. I see what he did. Yeah. I didn't know he did that. Holy crap. So, man. um. This was this was in 2005, so this was like less than a year. Um, Less than a year after the song comes out, uh, he suffered an emotional breakdown, tried to commit suicide uh, by jumping from a hotel window while under the influence of PCP. Holy crap. Uh, He was his entourage was able to stop him and they brought him down to the first floor of that hotel and he ended up gouging out his left eye with a plastic fork. What
3: in the world?
0: I see pictures too. That is insane. And uh, he was sent to rehab in London, while in London. And then, uh, then when he went home, he was stressed out by the music industry. And, I mean, if he felt he was stressed out and this happened, I'm, we're looking at 10 months after the song came out. Yeah. Just the song, right? And the who knows what else was going on leading up to that song coming out. That's and this crazy. was this was a hit song. I mean, it on the hot one hundred it got to number eleven. Yeah, this was it's um, a big song. And it was number four in, in New Zealand, number five in, in Switzerland. But this was uh, this was a hit around the world. Yeah. Um and he was in London when this happened. So if he was on, you know, a tour, some kind of promotional tour, perhaps. But just the the fame and having to deal with all of that who knows who's ready for whatever when it comes to the music industry that is so true so this is definitely a cautionary tale Mm -hmm. um and i mean who knows if anyone's going to pay attention to the mental health of of their artists yeah or anything like that but it's it was it was crazy yeah that uh like cuz you cuz i i read about it like years later cuz i'm wondering like man what happened to Houston and and then i find this out
3: he and it happened young. like
0: less than a year after his song becomes a hit he's our age yeah,
2: yeah. so he was 20 roughly when this song broke
0: yeah 2021
2: 20, mhm uh, yeah <laughs> he's only a year older than me
0: and he's a few months older than me.
2: I would have. Yeah. So that's that's insane that. <laughs> holy crap. Yeah, we would have. Yeah. That would have been crazy to be that big at that young. I mean, he looks young and it's because he was. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> um. All right. So uh, hopefully everyone can learn a little bit from from that story. Uh, I feel
2: like this is the NFL draft, man. We got these. <laughs> <laughs> these bad stories and cautionary tales
0: Alright so We're at number two And uh, I know Ben's excited about this yes. one Yes these, these two songs
2: are These next two songs are still songs I rock with To this day um, And this one I listen to A because it's funny And B because the backing band she had Was solid I'm telling you man Those natural bands Are Solid, and that is Gretchen Wilson, redneck woman. Like, my God, they kill it, man. They kill it. I'm still mad that the music mafia wasn't a bigger thing because <laughs> there's some artists from that that I liked, you know, and it was like she kind of was carrying the flag for them. Like, they put she was the first one to really break, and then, you know, big and rich, and they were kind of riding little high and they tried to cowboy Troy and you know they were like we're not ready for a black country rapper we're not ready
0: <laughs> no one was they were no one ready. was ready he wasn't accepted by anyone <laughs> no <laughs>
2: it's like that episode of family guy where Stewie's like half black and half white he's like I'll be accepted by everyone and then he gets insulted that's what it was like for cowboy Troy yeah just like you're too white to be black and too black to be white like it's just um but this song like this is one of the first songs that made me realize how good studio musicians in Nashville were. Because everyone is playing their asses off in this song. Like, the drummer and the bass player keep the beat like a metronome. Um, And then you start hearing in the second verse, and on the guitar player starts going off, the fiddle player. And so then I started listening to artists like Sarah Evans um, and all these other, you know, who had these, you know, the female singers who had really good backing bands and like I just I started becoming that was my foray into really getting to know what country music was like like the musicians were just so good and I just wanted to hear them play <laughs> and it started with this with this one yeah and just through that I started to like the song because I don't think I really cared for the song at first I thought it was funny if anything I'm like hell yeah I thought it was funny you know but it grew on me because these musicians were so good that drummer like, I love, man, He doesn't miss a beat man It's like a metronome <laughs> Like I didn't play drums at the time But like when I started playing I go back and listen to this song Some of the things he's doing And the way he stays in lock and step With the bass player um, It's really good And what's crazy is like I, I don't know who played on this But I wouldn't be surprised if they weren't like, they don't, If they didn't regularly play together because it's very rare that, you know, these musicians, you know, they've never toured together. They just bring in this person, bring in this person. That's just how good they are. You know, when Tim McGraw toured with the Dancehall Doctors, which was his backing band, that was seen as weird. Like, why would you bring the band that recorded your album on the road? Like, that's just what he wanted, you know? So these guys were probably just randos. They just got in and laid it down, man. Uh, uh
0: well you have to look at her her album credits to see uh big and rich did play on this album of course not uh, not surprised
3: <laughs> Al
0: Anderson it sound familiar he's playing drums Greg Morrow that sound familiar at all
2: no Al Anderson that's the drummer
0: uh Al Anderson played the gut string guitar oh he
2: played okay yeah I saw he's Greg tar- Morrow
0: yeah. played drums. I wonder if he... And he looks like he played drums on everything, because he was the only credited one. <laughs> or yeah. Eric Darkin credited with, on percussion.
2: Yeah, he's a drummer, session musician, uh, born in Ripley, Tennessee. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: ACM Drummer of the Year. Oh, yeah, he's... Okay, so he's he's known. Um, he has been playing since 1990, it looks like. <laughs> That's what he's, he's been appearing on stuff since. Um, born in Ripley, Texas, Tennessee, and raised in Memphis. My God, a lot of great music out of Memphis. Um, yeah, he's been playing with everybody. Amy Grant, he was on some of her stuff. Oh, God, he's been playing since 81. My bad. Yeah, holy crap. Tony Caldwell. Yeah, he's he's been at it for a minute. He's Dina Carter. 38 Special. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Dixie Chicks. He was on. He played on wide open spaces. Dixie Chicks. So yeah, he's yeah. I I recognize a lot of the stuff he's on. He was on Fly, which is um, the album that really broke the Dixie Chicks. Um, a, a country band I really respect, especially for their willingness to mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> to speak their minds. Uh, so with this song in particular, it was the number number one on the country charts, number twenty two on the U.S. charts. That's our, as far as the pop charts was so her highest charting um on the um on the pop charts on, on the 100. pop charts she's had a couple of, here for the party was number thirty nine yeah but this is the song everyone knows yeah um she also won a Grammy for this song i i mean it's you know she's she's a good singer
2: um and I think she was so she became one of those singers later in life that started doing covers, and some of the covers she did she's really good on. I just, I I don't know. Like, she just hasn't panned out. But I mean, really, no one from that group did. You know, I, I don't know. Like I said, I, I just wish that they were bigger. I thought they were, they were bucking the system. They were like, you know, that bro outlaw country before it was, you know, big. I think a lot of people kind of just copied them later,
3: mm.
2: without giving proper credit. Or, or it could be off, but that was my observation. Like, a lot of people copied them and just, like, never gave them the credit they deserved. Like, I mean, if you really think about it, um, Save a Horse, Ride a Cowboy, kind of the first of its kind. <laughs> From what I remember, like, it was really the first of its kind, and everyone's kind of been ripping on them ever since and not really giving them their due
0: credit, and I don't like that. All right, so... um,
2: <laughs>
0: Hold it now. Let me get the, the door stop here. That was the jam back then. Hold it now. <laughs> All right. So um, that was your number two. So yes, my number two is actually the same as your number one. Ooh. Let's talk about it. So uh, this is a little song called "Cold" by Crossfade. Oh yeah. I
2: do remember the first time I heard this song. I thought it was a joke. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. This was back when they were still running commercials on TV, promoting singles, and they were promoting this song. And I was just like, I didn't like the way it sounded, which is funny because it was produced in his house. The whole album was produced in his yeah, garage. I, I
0: remember one of the the, the the thing that I remember about this song in particular when you 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 introduced me to this song is that you said that the song was produced in their house. Yeah. As and when they got signed to a label, which looks like it was Columbia, mm-hmm. they didn't change anything. Just it was released, released it as, as is.
2: is. Yeah. So I laughed at the, the guy in the hat that's just singing this part right here. <laughs> like, I thought it sounded corny at the time, but it grew on. It grew on to me. Um, like, it's a straightforward song. Yeah. <laughs> it is another it's a token white song we played it a couple times um luckily shout out to matt Graf who's out there in california hopefully he's listening to this episode um it really got kicked up a notch when matt joined because he could play the solo <laughs> I, I was just like i'm pretty sure if i tried to learn it i could play it but i was a lazy guitar player people i was a lazy guitar player so i'd never learned the solo <laughs> and it's not a terribly difficult solo there's a There's a tough run at the end of it that I would just when Matt would play like wow like he would hit it flawlessly. (laughs) But the funniest thing to me about this song is the video. It's the ultimate F you to his ex. Like he's like, I never meant to be so cold. While in the video, he's continuously being cold to her. Like she comes in the house. He won't look at her <laughs> until he plays the solo. When he goes and looks her right in the face, and he nails the run at the end of it while he looks at her and then walks away.
3: <laughs>
2: like there's a part where she's like, she lays in the bed and she like pounds the bed because she's upset and she hits his guitar. Like it's it's so funny. Like <laughs> it's the funniest thing ever.
0: Okay, I I've, I haven't seen the video in oh, a it's long hilarious. time. Like. Okay. At a point, she picks up a picture of the two of them and throws it in the toilet. Yeah. And then she takes a toothbrush and then walks through the lead singer. Yeah. <laughs>
2: like they're just in the house playing, and yeah, it's just to
0: me, it's just funny. Uh, this the woman was played by Bo Garrett, who you may have seen in Fantastic Four: Rise of the Silver Surfer, and Tron: Legacy. Didn't see either. <laughs> uh, She's also on The Good Doctor. Um, what else is she doing? What else is she doing? Uh, she was on an episode of Glee. Okay.
2: So did have you ever heard the remix they did of this? No. They did a remix.
0: <laughs> is it a dance remix? It's a rap remix. It, no. We're not. No. No. Where no. Where they,
2: someone, no. they don't rap. They get a someone else raps, but they take the um, that song "Why You Treat Me So Bad." <laughs> they sample that and it's it's sped up a little bit, and yeah, they're rap they're singing, and then where the solo comes in, some woman who sounds like a rip a Lil Kim ripoff starts rapping. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know who it is. It's not Lil Kim. I don't think she would be involved in a project
0: like that, but um. Uh, the song charted only as high as number 81 on the Hot 100, but it was number two on the uh, Billboard Alternative Songs and number three on the Mainstream Rock Tracks. They just, yeah, they could never, yeah, they could just never capture that again, you know?
2: They had um, Colors, which came out after this, which was decent. And then the second album, and it's maybe you just lose that magic when you leave the studio, when you leave your home studio, but like Colors <laughs> just was not wasn't very good although they did release one of those like back when 99X was still a thing I don't know if they still are but back then they meant something and they had those live X's and which were I think ahead of their time because now everyone rips off that type of um format but they had a live X and they did the song colors and it was much better acoustic but they just never and I don't even know what they're doing now they're just out in the wind I guess I don't know
0: um According to the wiki, they're still together. Good for them. Good for them. Um, they got some new people, and uh, they have they have a new they have a new drummer. Oh. And uh, <laughs> oh, it's the former it's Ryan Yerden, formerly of Puddle of Mud. That band It's their new drummer. <laughs> that band should have been a one hit wonder, but somehow, somehow they got
2: what two three control. She Hates Me and Blurry were get three. Got three
0: huge. In yeah, three. And the Psycho
2: song, which was awful, was kind of big, but like they got like three, four singles off of that one album. And like, I I, I don't know how, man. Like, <laughs> they were just TRL <laughs> darlings. I remember someone saying, like, this guy sure is whiny. <laughs> like,
0: two of my, um, <laughs> every song he's whining. Two of my friends from West Georgia who were dating at the time, but they have since broken up. Um, but they're still like best friends. They love. She hates me. They love that song. Like, like that's their song. <laughs> Relationship. It was, it's weird, but yeah, they yeah they they love that song.
2: Cool at the time, but I don't think it's aged well. No, <laughs> it just hasn't aged well. Control is still okay. Blurry. I don't think it's aged well. Um, Drift and die. I think is really the the song that stood the t- at least in
0: my opinion. The one that has aged the best. Um, I used to work in a pizza restaurant when I was in high school. Pizza K? No. In high school. Oh, high
2: school. High school. Okay. Okay.
0: And um, they would play what the, uh, I can't remember what the rock station was in Augusta. It was something like 95 Rock. That's what it was in Augusta. And um, at least once an hour control was played. <laughs> that song was everywhere, man. Talk about if you want to talk about Payola, that
2: was a band that was discovered by um Fred Durst, and I'm pretty sure he put all of his weight. Right. He was in the video and everything. He had clout. He had clout Yes, back he then. had clout. He, had he had broke some clout. St- <laughs> he broke stain. People don't like to yeah, admit that, but right, like he right. brought them out the Family Values tour, him and Aaron Lewis did outside. Aaron Lewis was clearly a better singer than him. But he sung background (laughs) vocals on it and it blows up. Like it blows up. He had clout. There's a video I'm gonna show you later of them talking about like why rock music has died, and they're like, no one is willing to be a rock star. And he mentions Fred Durst. So like you might have people hated him, but he always made sure he stayed in the news. Ergo, his band would stay. That is why Limp Biscuit. it is not a coincidence, they're one of the biggest they're, bands they're, of that era. They
0: were bigger than they probably should have
2: been. They, they really were. Talented band, horrible singer, but he, he he, lifted them up because he was everywhere. Yeah. People don't wear a red New York Yankees caps because of him. <laughs> <laughs> I tell
0: you about the, the black kid who dressed as uh, Fred Durst at Celebrity Day when I was in high school. Oh, God.
2: He wanted to be him, did he? <laughs> Probably because of that In Together Now song. but I mean, it was
0: kind of <laughs> lazy. Like, all he had was the red Yankees cap, and he had a guitar, which he could not play. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's something I never
2: thought about, though, the clout
0: of Fred Durst back then. <laughs> um, so we'll get to my number one, and uh, there's an important message at the beginning of this song.
1: Ting drinking is very bad. <laughs> Yo, I got a fake
3: ID though. Oh God. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God.
0: Um. So this song, uh, who who produced this song? Because I believe the song had to be whoever produced this was influenced by grinding.
2: Oh, they had to be. It's a it's track boys. Track boys. It's a clear. I'm not. I don't want to say a ripoff, but. I, like I said, it borrows heavily yeah. <laughs> from um from Grinding which is a uh, top 10 beat all time maybe for yeah. what it for what it did like it was very sparse. What you think about like it was just that for the verses and <laughs> brought in a little bit something for the choruses but yeah,
0: but one thing I didn't realize here and uh, what Where people may not have realized for a short time Like right now, Atlanta dominates hip hop Yeah, yeah For about a three year period Two or three years St. Louis dominated hip hop Jaquan, Nelly, Murphy Lee Mm -hmm. Chingy's from St. Louis, isn't he? Yep,
2: Chingy is from St. Louis Yeah Right there which they're just like, I guess I didn't realize until I watched Ozark, outside of St. Louis and Kansas City, it's pretty country out there. Like, it's, because I was like, why y'all talking about y'all country? Y'all from St. Louis.
0: And it's the result of this. Um, I mean, it's, it's it's there's some cyclical things in music. We've mentioned this um, a few times where hair metal came up. Uh, when a band like Van Halen mm-hmm. or Guns N' Roses, especially them. Yeah. Guns N' Roses came up. They're based out of L.A. And so all these record companies are sending oh, yeah. A&R guys to L.A. to find the next Guns N' Roses. And you get
2: all these clones. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's kind of like the, if you've ever seen the House of Cosby's cartoon. mm mm-hmm. Where this guy keeps cloning Bill Cosby, but each Cosby is worse than the next one. Oh, God. (laughs) That's what it was with with those hair bands. Yeah. And maybe that's how it is with with St. Louis rappers. Oh, yeah. I I don't know anybody from St. Louis right now. No, me
2: I mean, it was... And that'd be a really interesting subject to discuss, because you've got all the hair metal bands from the Sunset Strip. You've got all the grunge bands from the West Coast because they were just trying to find anyone, and then you know you've got these rappers from St. Louis. You got all the Bankhead rappers and East Atlanta rappers, not East, but West Atlanta rappers. They came from either Bankhead, or you have the Southeast ones that came from like Riverdale. Like they were just plucking these people. It's like you're from here? Can you you can you can rhyme a bit? All right, come on D4L, let's get your single, let's get your song. Um... That doesn't happen as much anymore, but back then, lazy A and R's, man, like they were just either we found you because you're from the same place or you know somebody, i.e., Panic at the Disco. Panic at the Disco got big because they knew um, they knew Fall Out Boy. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's the truth, and there were there were the uh, and honestly, I really believe that's why the Killers got discovered because those two bands at that time were two of the biggest bands you know, around, and the Killers were, they're both Las Vegas bands And I think, like, they got discovered because of each other. Same thing with The Cab, which was a, a rip-off of Panic at the Disco and Fallout Boy, that just, they had, you know, some success, but, like, yeah, people were probably in Las Vegas, just, hey, let's find a band, let's, you know, <laughs> we found the Killers, let's, oh, Panic at the Disco? Okay, cool. You know uh, Pete Wentz? All right, cool, let's get this going. Let's go, let's go. Like,
0: yeah. Um, so yeah, that was my, uh, number one, um, a little thing, some things about it featured in the films, breaking all the rules and white chicks and soul plane. So,
2: oh, oh man.
0: And I feel like it's one of those songs that soul plane. Now it's going to be one of those songs that, um, white movie producers throw in when there's a party scene. Oh God. Yes. It's that, it's that movie. It was featured in the film project X. I, don't I, don't think think I, I, I saw, saw that. that. Uh, this is the end. Great and, movie, uh, <laughs> Sisters. Okay, yeah, that so, that's actually a pretty. funny It, it movie has turned too. into uh, basically a um, a party, a, a meme. Yeah. <laughs> um,
2: even funnier, I, I I never heard the unedited version until maybe like a year or two ago. Mm. I didn't know he said everybody in this bitch getting tipsy. That that threw me back a bit. Like I didn't realize I was like, whoa. What the
0: fuck? Like, why so harsh, Jaquan? <laughs> um. So yeah, that'll do it for our "Because Five One Hit Wonders" two thousand and four, the year of our Lord. <laughs> um. Uh, so we'll get to my earworm of the week. Uh. Where is it? So mine is also a cover song, whoop whoop. and it's one Ben has heard before. Whoop whoop. Um, I am one of two people that, uh, are fans of Amber Mark. Uh, she has been on the earworms in the earworm segment before. Hmm. Um, and, uh, that might've been like three years ago, (laughs) but, uh, she has been doing a, uh, I think I mentioned this on the last episode where she's, um, Working, she's working on new music, but she may release a cover mm-hmm. every couple of weeks. And the first one that she released is a cover of Heart Shaped Box. Great song! Great and song. um, she basically put a, a trap beat to it, it's <laughs> kind of <laughs> weird, but it, it, it sounds really, really good. I like how um, how she put it together, yeah, such a great so, song. Once I get it pulled up here, I sung this on my honeymoon,
2: at um, at uh, karaoke and scared the crap out of the um, the the woman who are, it's like one of those resorts they have like yeah. a whole hype team or whatever that gets people going. I scared the crap out of her. It's like, oh my god, what is this? Like she's you know this <laughs> nice little Mexican lady and she's just like freaked out because these lyrics are really
3: dark. Yes,
2: <laughs> and she was like. And Kendra's just like, it's, you know, it's just, you know, it's some song he likes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But this is such a great song. So, yeah, this is Heart Shaped Box by Amber Mark, and we'll be right back. heart box cover of the nirvana song um she came out with i guess an ep i guess you'd say called 1894 uh it's on there or you can just get it as a single
2: <laughs> yeah this really just goes to show how good of a writer he was when you can just take this song and and throw it into this genre and it still sounds still sounds good yeah um did you see when uh, <laughs> when uh, uh, Courtney Love was trying to say this song was about her? No. It, I forgot who it was. She was calling out, and she
0: was— I guess I'm not surprised by that. Really.
2: Yeah, she called somebody out on their Twitter saying that this song was about her. And I'm just like, you're so vain. Like, <laughs> you're so vain. Let, your, let Let your husband rest in peace.
0: No. <laughs> okay? It's because he died— that we even know, know who she, she is. is. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I do have to
2: wonder, like, does her career, you know, does whole pop off like that, you know? I mean, like, let's just be real, and I'm not going to carry this too far. Would you be surprised if someone told you that Kurt Cobain wrote Celebrity Skin? No. Like, <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> not at all I would not be surprised if she was just like she had that in her back pocket like Kurt's dead I got this new song called Celebrity Skin they're like that sounds like a Kurt riff well you know you know I I was channeling him (laughs) (laughs) would not be surprised but that's neither here nor there so yeah
0: well that will bring us to the end of the program Ben oh so yeah can you tell the people where we can be found um, right now we can be found in the studio
2: socially distancing because we're responsible. Yeah. Yeah, that's the magic of um stuff. Like you might you're <laughs> listening and you're like, oh, they're in the same room. They're not being responsible. No. There's glass and other stuff separating us. So stay <laughs> safe out there, people. Um, So we can be found at, ah, man, it's been a while. I know I did it last week, but we're going to try it again. Um, By the time you hear this dot com. Facebook.com don't, slash Don't
0: go don't go to the website.
2: Don't go to the website. All right. Scratch that. Facebook.com slash by the time you hear this. We can also be found on the gram at in, at um I'll have to say it Instagram. At by the time you hear this. The Facebook is spelled with the word you. The uh Instagram as well as by the time you hear this at gmail.com is spelled with the letter U, and that is because
0: we're under Stay at home orders. Yes, we are.
2: I think we are. Did did our, our um
0: fearless leader in charge are over? I don't know what Kemp is doing.
2: I don't either. I don't I don't either.
0: He um, he was gonna open everything up. He's like, you know, we're gonna extend it through June. But the clubs are like, Yeah, we're open. So I don't know. I don't know what's happening.
2: We'll see. I read a I read a, a Twitter post that said, um we basically just decided we we're bored with this and that it's over. <laughs> but it's not really over That's pretty much it but we just decided like yeah we're done and we just started you know okay we're kind of over it this we're over this fad i described it as <laughs> when those two weeks where the nfl was like nobody makes fun of us and they, everyone kneeled and it was just like a thing to do like they did it like you can see jerry like, face and then like
0: a month later people were like okay so what do we do after kneeling
2: yeah like Jerry Jones had this look in his face, like "come at me, bro," <laughs> when he did it, like he was yes. looking at Donald Trump. Right? It like nobody calls us SOBs. Like
0: <laughs> no, no. The, see, no, he was okay. For one, Trump called the players SOBs, and, and Jerry Jones but, came to their defense. But no, like, you but no, one yeah, of us. No, it wasn't. It wasn't Jerry Jones coming to the defense. It was when Trump said, "and those guys should be fired." You're not gonna tell these owners, these what billionaires, to what to do. <laughs> I, all I know is Hell, he had like, that No, look. son. He's like, I will kneel I, if I, want I will fire. I will fire them when I want <laughs> to fire them, not a... because the president said something. How See, that's Jones? why you couldn't buy the bills.
2: Oh yeah, they hate him. They they kicked him out. They wouldn't let him in.
0: <laughs> I, and I've said this. I don't know if you agreed with me, but this oh, is the whole reason yeah. why Trump is even doing all this. Why he's even president? Because. He couldn't own an NFL team. Yeah,
2: yeah. it's hilarious. And I, yeah, um, but yeah, the, it was it was just really funny. But that's what this this whole COVID nineteen we just did it. We were posturing, and I was just hoping that that's not what we're doing. But we are. Um, so yeah, it's it's like those two weeks when everyone kneeled, not just Colin anymore. And I'm pretty sure he was like,
0: "This is what? Do this, y'all know what y'all kneeling for? This is anymore? going. I know why I'm kneeling. Do you know why you kneeling?
2: I imagine he's just like, this is what I didn't (laughs) want to happen. Like, it's been hijacked. Now you're kneeling because a balding orange man (laughs) said something bad about us. And we're sticking together. But anyway. um, But, yeah, we're under quarantine for now. Or at least we should be if we're not. Um, We can also be found on whatever you're listening to us on right now. You can keep finding us there. Whether it's Spotify or Apple Podcasts, Google Music uh Central podcast player, listen notes, last fm, overcast, um castbox or any of your lovely um the lovely podcast aggregates. Um uh, one of the better ones of course in my opinion being castbox. Castbox has everything. Um and then um yeah, you can you know, listen to us, you know, if you're trying to avoid the busker on the train. <laughs> You shouldn't be on the train in the first place.
0: I mean, no, or legal. you should be far away. You should be with, uh, like, outside of earshot.
2: Yeah. Of the busker. <laughs> yeah, you don't need to be. Yeah, stay safe out there, people. Please, please. Uh, yeah, I don't want to hear about a second wave coming because we got bored
0: with coronavirus
2: <laughs> and decided that it was over. Because yeah. So it's
0: every, every time I hear that, I, it reminds me of that. Uh, there's this clip, probably like a month ago, well, almost two months ago. Um, for people partying spring break and in Florida, yeah,
2: we've been planning this trip for two months, man. If, if I get, get if I get
0: corona, I get corona.
2: All right, bro, go ahead and mess your lungs up. <laughs> go ahead, because death is not the only thing that happens. But you know, yeah, youth is wasted on the young, as they say.
0: Um. Also, uh, some good news for as far as our feed goes: all the episodes are available on whatever platform you listen to. Woo-woo! So, you can listen to all of the episodes. You can go all the way back to the beginning, all the way to number one. Um, so, you have that option. Uh, yeah, also,
2: if you're going to sound different, though.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, it the the sound is terrible. I like, think we we've, uh, we've gotten better. Like uh, <laughs> old
2: Simpsons episodes. Like it's going to look a little different. Yeah. The idea it's, is there. It's uh it's just it's gonna... it, is 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 it
0: crude is the word? Yeah. <laughs> it's just going to sound a
2: little different. Now they're in HD and the animation is nice and shiny. It,
0: quick it was quick and dirty. Those yeah. episodes are quick and dirty. <laughs> but the struck the idea is there. Like you'll be like, "Oh, I
2: see what they're trying to do. I just can't hear it that good." Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs>
0: Um and uh we were there well this is the first episode with the new logo. Woo, woo. we went with the with the speakers. Um it was a unanimous vote, two to zero. Speaker box. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, uh so we have a new logo, uh an updated logo, um, I would say. Um so yeah, you can um find us in all those places that Ben said. Also check out listennotes.com. Um Search engine for the podcast, mm-hmm. of course. Uh, so, what should we end the show with? Um, there were some some one hit wonders that were left off. Uh, we left off Hoobastank. Um, I know they only had one
2: big hit. That was their big hit. It's hard for me to uh, call them that, but I know that was their big Grammy winning song. and
0: There's a uh, Grammy nominated song, I should say. See even though you don't consider them a one hit wonder either. Uh, bowling for Soup.
2: <laughs> They're definitely a one-hit wonder. Uh,
0: Kevin Little, Nina Sky. Oh man,
2: Kevin Little. Let's end with Kevin Little. Kevin Little. That that was. You you go into an international night somewhere, you're gonna hear that song. <laughs>
0: international night
2: that's <laughs> up. <laughs> that song is getting played at some point. It is, like it's it's like catnipped. <laughs> it's just like,
0: <laughs> and that's when that's one thing we didn't really get into is with the songs that were international hits like they had that that island feel yeah and there's one every year yeah probably yeah. since 2000 there's one every year yeah to, mm-hmm. to where to where like it's just this huge hit um and in 2004 i mean it was between Kevin Little and and Nina Sky mm-hmm. and Ruby
2: was Wayne Wonder <laughs> that year too the no letting go, no.
0: <laughs> I feel like that was later. Now nah, that's gonna bother me. I have to find. Oh, it I'm looking oh, it up God. right
2: now. Wayne Wonder, what happened to what happened to you, Wayne Wonder?
0: Uh, no letting go. That was 2003.
2: 2000. So one year before. <laughs> 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 that and it had that same beat that was used in the um, in the uh, Get oh busy. Get busy Sean Paul
0: yeah. Oh, there was another song. Um, that beat was um, every. It was in like three or four songs. What was that other song? Um... Oh. <laughs> yeah, who was that? I don't know. But who was that? <laughs> uh oh. Uh. <laughs> the Wally Rhythm.
2: Oh God! Oh God!
0: I I I I gotta look who used that song. Um, okay, Beanie Man used it. Uh, Elephant Man used it. Rihanna. Um, and maybe it was it Lumidy. Lumidi, that's Uh-oh. it. Lumity. that's who it was. <laughs> uh, oh, <man>. Yeah, <clears> Omarion <throat> oh, and Tori Lades have also used it, but I can't yeah. imagine it was good. <laughs> it was. It was after with the the fad was over with that, with, that, <laughs> with, that, with that beat. But we're gonna end the song with uh, "Turn Me On" by Kevin Little, um, an international night classic. <laughs> <laughs> Get the flags, y'all. Get the flags. <laughs>
3: And uh, <laughs>
0: we'll talk to you guys the <laughs>
3: I'm telling you, man. <laughs> Jamrock. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, man.
0: <laughs> oh, it is after midnight here. Okay, so we'll talk to you guys very, very soon. Peace. Peace. <laughs>
4: It's hard to back on me So let me